Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen to today's message from God's Word. Twenty-five, Proverbs chapter number 25, uh, we're going to read one verse, uh, if I can, I don't know that I can call this uh, a message, I, I don't know that I can call it teaching, um, and so maybe I'll just call it a challenge, uh, maybe we'll just call it a devotional and I'll, I'll, I'll skirt around it a little bit, uh, but I want to share with you some things that the Lord has had on my heart lately. Um, and I think for good cause and uh, for right purposes. Proverbs chapter 25 in verse number 11. We'll read it a couple of times. We'll pray and I'll try to share my burden with you. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 11 said, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in, in pictures of silver. Since it was only the one verse, and I think it would be worthy to read it again. It says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love, your grace, your mercy. I pray, God, you would help me uh, to share, Lord, what Lord, you've been working in my heart over the last several weeks. And I pray, God, that you would help me to convey uh, your thoughts and, Lord, your plans and the things that you want. I pray you'd speak to our hearts and lives. Encourage us tonight. We pray that you would help us to be who you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. I, uh, I want to kind of devotional preach, teach, however we want to label this tonight, on the power of the Word. The power of the Word. Uh, it's so important and it's so prevalent. I have um, I've spent some time, uh, I, I've spent a lot of time working, uh, I guess the bulk of the things that I've done has been working with younger people. Uh, it started when we were in getting ready to go off to Bible college and we worked with the youth group there and then uh, we were in college and it just young people have always been a part uh, of what we were doing. And I didn't really realize what God was doing, and I'm still not perfectly convinced uh, of exactly what He's doing, other than it always seems to have involved young people. When we were there, we, I, moved to, uh, I moved from South Carolina after college, and, uh, and we went down to Florida, and there we pastored a church. And while we were there, we, the first thing we did was we taught and it was a, as a substitute teacher in a public school. And that was kind of my indoctrination in, in dealing with students. And, uh, and then we left from there, and we counseled in public school. Uh, I, we dealt with kids who had been, uh, who either were handicapped or were abused or were in some type of trouble with uh, the Department of Juvenile Justice. And so we did that for three and a half years, and then we spent a year uh, in, a, in a Christian school in Florida, and uh, had, a, had a good time there. And then when we moved here, uh, we began, uh, I began coaching. This would be my 13th year if the Lord let us coach. And, and it, occur, it occurred to me the other day that if I coached this year, the kids who were in, enrolling in the K-5 program when I started coaching are graduating. And uh, one of our students the other day was talking, and he turned 13. And it occurred to me he was born uh, the year that I started coaching. And I know that doesn't make me old, but it makes me feel old. And there are other things that make me older. 
but uh, that, the doctor's visit I had today, and, the, and for him, some of the things he told me made me feel older, but that's all right. Uh, but so I've, I've spent a lot of time uh, with young people. Uh, and over the course of those years, I, I've, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of young people, and, uh, and, and a lot of those conversations are very similar. Um, I was talking to one of our, talked to one of our former church members a couple of days ago through text, and uh, they're in another church, and just because we're alive, I won't give all those details, but uh, they were telling me about an event that occurred in their church, and a young person uh, from their church had taken their life, and it triggered a bunch of thoughts, and uh, it triggered a bunch of, uh, of things from some of the jobs and places I've been in the past, and uh, I've spent a lot of, had a lot of conversations with a lot of young people, and, and you hear you hear things that they say, uh, they, they, take, they take things and uh, they, they, things build in their minds. It's so important. I heard a young person, well, I've heard several of them make comments like, um, I'm, I am useless, or no one loves me, or no one cares about me, uh, derogatory remarks about themselves, uh, and if you study public, if you, if you pay attention to uh, the mental health uh, of, our, of our, the state of our mental health as a nation, uh, it, it, we, we are in a, we're in a lot of trouble. Uh, there are a lot of people, not just young people, who are struggling uh, with uh, different, different things. And I, I'm not going to call them issues, but they're dealing with different things. And... Um, and a lot of them are dealing with things, and a lot of them are derived from uh, the power of, of word or the power of our words, the things that are being said. Uh, if you watch the news, it's, it's depressing. Um, it's scary. It's intimidating. If you look at the public health, it's scary. It's intimidating. If you look at politics, um, it is depressing. It is, it's intimidating. It, it's, it's bothersome. And what I see uh, from the seat that I have here uh, in, in the ministry uh, and the ministry that God has given us, you, you see those things uh, walk into the classroom. Uh, I was talking to a, a, a student recently, and they were telling me about a student from another school and some things that had gone on in their lives and some struggles that they were having. And I began to think about uh, the importance or the power of our words. Now, there's some very powerful words that can be said. Uh, there, there are some that are on the negative. There, there are people who express themselves in words, whether in a fit of rage or in, in a place of de despair or desperation, and they say things to people um, that they probably genuinely do not mean or feel, but they make the comments. Uh, things, I hate you. Uh, I wish you weren't here. I, I, I wish you would go away. Uh, and there are other things that we could say there that would, would might be a little bit more clear, but I think you understand those things. So those words are powerful. Those are words that, that they, do, they do damage, uh, as pastor would say, they do damage that you can't see and don't, don't heal very well. We, have the other, also, we, can say, we can also have words that are very powerful. Words like, I love you. The words like, uh, I, I care about you. 
Words that, hey, of encouragement. When these, when these people get up on this stage and they sing and they play and they worship, they, uh, they teach a Sunday school class, they preach a message, uh, there, are, there, are, listen, there, there ought to be words of encouragement, words of edification, words of, uh, of empathy and compassion. Uh, words to, and, and the scripture here says, it talks about it here, and he said a word, so it's talking about something that is spoken. A word fitly. Now this, this fitly here, it, it's, its meaning is, it has to do with being a proper time and a proper place. So there is a right word for a right occasion. There's a word to, there are words, God, I, the, the uh, language is an amazing thing that God has given us. He's given us as people to express ourselves and to share Him in our, in our vernacular. It's our place. So a word fitly spoken. So it's something that we say here, it said, a fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. And this is this, uh, and I read several commentaries describing that. Uh, and it, it, one of them said this: said it's a seasonable and discreet speech, is a most pleasing and precious thing, and no less delights the ear and the mind. The, uh, and so uh, it gives this beautiful picture about uh, the pleasantness of our words. I, I, I just want to tell you that I'm convinced that as a Christian that God is concerned about my words. He's concerned about the words that I use. Listen, oftentimes in, in fits of frustration or fits uh, of despair, whatever despondency, uh, there, there are words that we can use that tear things and tear people down. That's not, I don't, I don't believe after I, I, I looked at, through the scripture uh, about words and, the, and, and what he, the Bible had to say about our words, I'm not sure that's pleasing to God. I'm not sure that's God's intention. Listen, that we, so as Christians, we, and, and I'm not referring to not calling out sin. That's not what we're talking about. I believe that there are some times that our words have to be words of we're condemning sin or we're, we're speaking the truth. We know the Bible uh, is confrontational. The words of God, listen, they, they're abrasive. They really are. And we know that when we're sharing those words that they can be abrasive. But I am telling you as a Christian, my language ought to build up, not tear down. My language ought to build up. It ought not tear down. I wrote a couple things down. Uh, it, ought to, uh, it ought to be love, uh, words of love and care and concern. Words that, uh, words can either hold a person back or I can lift a person up. Listen, we, especially these younger people, they get up to sing uh, and, and they sing and listen, uh, maybe they don't hit all the notes or maybe, uh, maybe their expressions aren't what you think they ought to be or maybe, uh, but, but our words ought to lift them up. It ought to encourage them in serving God. Listen, there have been teachers. I remember when uh, Brother Hartle started teaching in the uh, adult Sunday school class and I wasn't not in here, uh, but I didn't qualify, uh, but I wasn't in the class and uh, but I remember him telling me, I don't think I can do that. And, and, and me thinking to myself, I've been around you long enough to know. And, and, but even whatever stage of life we're in, 
We, our words ought to be ones that are encouraging and lifting others up. How often as Christians uh, do, am I not building people up? How much more pleasant is it to be around those that have words that are, that are fitly, that, that are encouraging, words of comfort. So there's a few things I wanted to point out to you. The first thing, and I, won't, I, I really won't be very long. I told Brother Greg that today, and he laughed. Uh, but I, I really won't be very long. And see here, let me get this so I can stay on task and have my clock. This thing has replaced everything, hasn't it? Uh, I, I don't carry a calculator or a watch or anything anymore. I don't have a calendar. It's all right there. Uh, but So here's what I thought about. I thought about the importance of my words concerning myself. The importance of my words concerning myself. Here's what the Bible had to say, because that's really all that matters. In Psalm 19, verse 14, he said this. The psalmist wrote this. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in the sight of in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So the first thing we understand about my words concerning me or about me is that my words are to be, uh, they're to be acceptable in the sight of God. It is the things that I say matter to him. In the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 36, and this is a scary verse to me. He said, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Every idle word I'm going to give an account for. We would be much better off doing some mmms, wouldn't we? Because every idle word that I have spoken, I'm going to give an account for. Now, I wonder, I wonder what the emphasis is on that and why he's putting that there. It is to be us to be mindful that we should, there are times that, that we have to pause before we speak uh, and, and measure our words. Whether they be profitable or they be helpful, if they be right, if they be correct. And I'm going to read a, a post, a, a Facebook post, a very, uh, a very uh, bright person wrote here in just a little bit. He said, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Do you want to give an account for the words you said today? When the laundry wasn't done, when the dinner was burnt, when your clothes weren't ironed correctly, when someone missed a deposit or missed a, a, a submission in the bank account, when the, when the baby spilt the milk the fourth time and you've told them a thousand times older, over, when they didn't do their homework, when they didn't pass the test, uh, when, so when, when, when it didn't go your way, when you weren't pleased with the outcome, are you ready to give an account for that word? The Lord said we'd give an account for those. Colossians 4, 6 said, let your, uh, let your speech be always, always with uh, grace, seasoned with salt. So our speech should be graceful. Our words should be spoken in grace. How many relationships are broken tonight because of words? How, how, how rarely in comparison, I wished I knew the ratio of how many relationships were ruined, not because of action, but because of words. Whether it's a relationship between spouses or a relationship between children, relationship in ch church relationships or business deals, how many of them have been broken? Not because of what we did, but because of what we said.
God, help me to speak with grace. Help me before I open my mouth. And there are times I've done that and done that okay. But more often than I want to know, I've not done a very good job at that. We think about the importance of my words concerning myself, the importance of the words of the Bible. What does the Bible have to say about its own words? Psalm 119, verse 89 said, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. The Bible talks about its own words, and it it talks about how it's settled in heaven. In uh, Psalm 138, verse 2, he said, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. God the Father from heaven declared that he magnified his word higher than his own name. Christ, God, that is our example, and, I, uh, and, and is putting the value on the Word of God, the words of God. I'm telling you, our words, listen, I understand it's not my words, but it's my actions that you know what's go, really going on. But my words are so powerful. When that child comes off the ball field and, and some parent says, why didn't you do better? What's wrong with you? When they bring home, they studied, and, and, and over the years we've seen this, they've studied, and they work hard, and they, they bring home that C, and they, listen, they studied, they, they, worked as, they worked within their capacity, and some parent sits back and says, well, this, this, that's fine, but it should be better. When that wife cooks that meal and she brings it to the table and, 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 we say, well, and they say, how is it? You just say, well, I, I love, I mess with Rebecca a lot. She'll say, she'll ask me how I like something. And, and I tease almost always. My first response is, it's okay. And then she, you know, hits me on the top of the head. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm sorry. It's great. We, I love you. I appreciate it. And uh, that's how we got engaged. And so uh, uh, she, she hit me in the head and I didn't have a choice. But um, uh, y'all know that's not true. She couldn't, she couldn't reach my head, but uh, uh, had to, she said, bend over here and let me pop you in the mouth. And, uh, but, but listen, <laughs> those words, they get you in trouble. But listen, when, she, when, she's worked, when she's worked hard and, and brought, that, uh, brought that gift to you, whether it was whatever it might have been, and she asked what you think, and, and you respond, and you, don't res- and you respond in that cavalier manner. It's good, but it, when, and the tendency is it's good, but it's never quite good enough. God help us. God talked about his own words and he said that he, that he magnified his words above his own name. So there's something about our words. When we think about words, we think about, we, you can think about speeches and, and speeches that have been given down through the years and the power, the motivational power of someone that gives a speech. I remember hearing uh, uh, Philip back several years ago in convention, uh, he, I think I'm correct, uh, where, he, where he gave that we shall fight on the beaches speech by Winston Churchill. And I can hear that ringing in my ears. Oh, when Reagan uh, gave the speech and, and told them to tear down that wall. Or when Kennedy talked about that we're going to go to the moon, not because it was easy, but because we can. Or we, I forget what exactly he said. Those speeches that are given, uh, listen, words are powerful. 
When someone's discouraged, the words of encouragement are powerful. And when someone's discouraged, those words of despair are powerful. How many people have walked away and, and, and never to return because of a quick, sharp word? Talked about our words, the importance of our words, of the words of the Bible, the importance of, the, of my word, of my words concerning myself, the importance of the proclamation of words. Uh, Jesus, uh, the Bible says in 2 Timothy four two, preach the word. It, it's the foolishness of preaching, the, the the proclamation of the word of God. How important that is. That's how people get saved. Is us is by us declaring the wonderful words of life. In Acts chapter number, uh, Acts chapter number five and verse twenty, uh, there uh, somebody talked about it the other day. It may have been, it may have been Jonathan. I'm not sure. Talking about uh, how the Ananias and Sapphira had lied to the Lord and, uh, and lied to the Holy Spirit and and took their life and and it talked about how the, the apostles and all that was going on and they were commanded here in, in chapter five, verse twenty. This is what the angel of the Lord said: "said Go stand and speak in the temple to to the people all the words of this life." Listen, and and I'm not charismatic, I'm not, but I am telling you, there's something to us speaking life. There's something to, uh, listen, if you get up every day, and and, and I'm not a Joel Osteen, but if you get up every day and you look in the mirror and you say, uh, and you make despairing, discouraging remarks about yourself, listen, I don't mean I've got to have an ego. I don't mean that, that I've got to act and think I'm greater than I am. But it's, it's probably just as detrimental for me to always have negative things to say about myself as it is to be on the other end. You wanna, you, you, listen, I'm telling you, our words are important. They're powerful. I, I thought about our words. In, uh, what was it over there in verse number, uh, in, in first, uh, John 6, uh, 68? Uh, then Simon Peter said unto them, to, to, whom I have, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. 1 Corinthians 1.17, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Listen, it is a, the importance of the declaration of the words of God. Listen, I want the world to know, listen, yes, they're sinners. Yes, they're living in sin. Yes, if they die in their sin, they're going to hell. But I want them to know that Jesus saves. I want them to know that God loves sinners. And that I love them too. Several years ago, I started purposely making sure I told my ballplayers, hey, listen, I, I love you guys. I, I wanted to make sure I was expressing my heart. I wanted them to hear. I want them to know that there's a person, there's a, there's a man, uh, there, there's, a, there's a school teacher, there's a faculty member, there's a preacher. That I want them to know that by the grace of God that I love them. The importance and the effect of that. We can say it too flippantly, but we can also not say it enough. So we see the importance of the proclamation of words. The importance of words in others. How about this? 1 Peter 3.1 said, Likewise, you wives, and I, and I don't have time to go and give you all the context for all these, but in, in uh, 1 Peter 3.1 said, Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. If any man, uh, if any obey not in word, 
that they may without the word be won by what? The conversation of the wives. The power of words. Listen, and it's not going in and going, you know, it's not the wife going in and go, listen, you stinking dog, why don't you get up and do something? Why don't you make something with your life? Why don't you do something for us? But it's those, it's those sweet, gentle, graceful, peaceful words that are spoken. And the Bible's saying here that, hey, some of these guys are going to get saved because of the conversation, the power of our speech, the power of our words. The power of the things that we say. The importance of the words of Christ. Think about the importance of the words of Christ. Oh, oh, hold on a second. I'll come back to that in just a second. But the, power, the, the importance of the words of Christ. Uh, things like when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Words of forgiveness. Listen, can I tell you something? We're to be like Christ. That is our example. That's who we are to model our lives after. I'll never forget when we first come to church and uh, here and and Philip would would follow Brandon around. We were uh, were all Alabama fans and so there was some commonality and he watched basketball and he he liked racing and and so there there was some common things. And I remember the day, Brandon was probably 16, 17 year old and I told him, I want you to know my son's trying to walk in your footsteps. He can't do it, but he tries. Listen, and I'm for those things. Listen, there are good people that that we ought to uh, uh, mimic and and try to be like. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I I don't want to have the same mannerisms or or I don't want to to dress the same or try to do all the same things as the pastor does. But listen, there's not a better man that I know to, to be like than our pastor. There's some great people that we could that we could be like. Our job is to be like Christ. And what were his words on the cross? They were words of forgiveness. Do we speak words of of forgiveness? Are there words of compassion? By the way, if if you kind of boil down the words of Christ, most of them had to do with conversion or compassion. Listen, uh, uh, being compelled, he told the disciples, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He spoke words, listen, uh, uh, of calling them to serve him. The words of Christ are so important. They're so powerful. And ours aren't as important nor near as powerful, but the power of your word. When you go into town, I, I, I told this in the Sunday school class, preacher got up and told it in the pulpit. He talked about going into Home Depot or Lowe's. We're going to say Lowe's. And uh, talking about going into to one of the stores and standing there and a man having a hat on. You heard him give that testimony. And he spoke to that man in kind. And the man looked up with tears in his eyes and one of his dear friends had just passed away. Oh, listen, the words of comfort that God allows us to speak. It's so important. If you're like me, you you talk a lot. I I, I know I talk a lot. Some of y'all are going, you're talking a lot right now. Why don't you be quiet? 
God, help us to use and measure our words and our speech. We look and see some things. Uh, so, so Christ, we talk about the, uh, him, his words of calling, his words of comfort. He said, if I go away, I will come again. Uh, we, words of comfort, words of calling, words of compassion, words, words of salvation, all the importance of the words of Christ. In Proverbs 16, verse 24, it said, pleasant, uh, pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healeth to the bones. Pleasant words. So I'm just going to tell you something. If all your words are nasty and mean and hateful, or when our words are nasty and mean and hateful, I'm afraid we're not right with Jesus. And we're doing harm that we cannot see and harm that we cannot heal. How many children will not outlive their raising because of a mean word. Proverbs 18.21 says, Miss Trace, if you'll come. Proverbs 18.21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. I read a post from a very wise person that wrote this. Before you say it, text it, Email it, post it, comment on it. Here's some questions for you. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it kind? I'm not sure if that was preacher or, or Miss Ward. Can I ask you a question? Are you utilizing the power of your words? Are you utilizing the power of your comments? Are you encouraging? Listen, some of the, listen, I'm telling you, we, that, these things we, listen, I, I believe it's a biblical mandate. I know this much. We'll stand before God and give an account for every idle word. I'm, it's not presently, but throughout my time working with young people, and if you've worked with young people, you've seen the same thing. Young people that are discouraged, that are heartbroken. Older people that are discouraged, that are heartbroken, that are lonely, that feel useless, that feel like their life is a waste. How much could it be enhanced by words of kindness, words of love. I tell the kids all the time, I, I don't give out fake compliments. I don't. If you're not good at basketball, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you you're great. I'm not going to do that. But I tell you what I am going to tell them all. Listen, I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to tell the people that God's put in my life by the grace of God. And, and in a Christian brotherly sense, I'm going to tell them that I love them. 
and not to put on a facade, not to be fake, but it's because Christ has put a love for other people in my heart, not as a preacher, but as a Christian. And if that's not where my speech is at, I'm going to tell you what, in the morning if I oversleep or if I don't get to go to sleep, I'm a little short on sleep tonight, in the morning I'll get up in the morning and one of them kids will come by and say something and my first thought will be... Before I go to bed, one of my kids will come by and say something I don't like and I'll... if I'm not careful. God help me. God help us to value the power of words. We'll stand to our feet, heads are bowed, eyes closed. It is prayer meeting night. There's a lot on our prayer list. Maybe you need to come and pray. Maybe you haven't been talking very kindly. Maybe you haven't been sweet like you should. Maybe you haven't been encouraging to your children or your spouse or your neighbor, your parent, your aunt, your uncle. How many people are depressed tonight? And if you'd just speak a word of kindness express the love of Christ, they'd just be able to go on one more day. They'd be able to face one more trial, one more burden, because they heard from Jesus through your voice. Maybe you're here and you need to pray. We have a lot of ones on our sick list. A lot of people going through a lot of things. Pray for our pastor. Pray for our missionaries. Maybe you just want to come and pray.